what we're going to talk about tonight is communion. If you have your Bibles, or maybe even look over the screen, on Luke 22, 14 through 20, it says, And when the hour had come, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never eat again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten. And this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Now there is a, quite a, a couple of points that we want to bring out tonight. Number one, communion is a reflection and a memorial of his accomplished work at Calvary. He says in 1 Corinthians 11:26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this means at the cross, he took your sickness and he gave you healing. He took poverty and gave you whatever you were lacking. At the cross, Satan was defeated. Satan was totally defeated, totally taken all, all that he had against man, and it was totally taken from him and given to us. In other words, we have all power over the enemy through what Christ did at Calvary. Also, we, we were then accepted in to the covenant with Jesus Christ, meaning that when you, st- when you die, when you leave this earth, you will stand before the King of Kings in all of his glory, and he will deem you righteous to enter into the kingdom. Number two, the truth of the communion elements. The cup represents the blood of Christ. Listen, this is what happened at the cross. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he reached into the highest heavens and he took God's hand. And then he reached into the lowest pit where you and I are or were. And then he put them both and clasped their hands on his blood-soaked chest and died, making it right between you and I, you and I and God. Before we were at enmity with God, we were against God, we were at war with God, but Jesus Christ came and took that upon himself. The bloods of bulls and goats only covered sin and did not take it away. Remember in Exodus, it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Remember during the the time of Exodus, they were to take blood and put it on the doorpost. Now, why did they do this? Because when, when God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, meaning the death angel came through that night and took out anyone that was not covered under the blood. That is a very solemn picture of redemption. Listen, did not matter the size of your house. When that blood was, a, was appropriated on, to, on, on the house, it doesn't matter if it was a shack or if it would have been a mansion. There's no social status with God. His blood covers, cleanses, and washes. 
So when we look at this, it is a picture. I want to tell you that communion is a picture of what Christ has done for us. And remember when Solomon dedicated the temple, there were over 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep that were, were slain during that time. Josephus says during the time of the Passover, there were 250 lambs that were slain that week that would have covered the Kidron Valley. But one drop of blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was enough to totally wipe away sin in your life, totally remove it, make you guiltless and spotless. Now the bread, John 6, 48, 51, I am the bread of life. It says, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread also I shall give for the, the life of the world is my flesh. Now, during the Passover, the flesh of the lamb was eaten and they got healing in the wilderness. But Jesus Christ is the last of the last need of a sacrifice. He is the final sacrifice that he did with bulls and goats being slain 24 hours a day could not do. One drop of blood was enough to cleanse and wash us. We should be happy about that. We also receive healing. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we considered him stricken, smitten, and, affl and afflicted by God. Here is a picture of Jesus Christ healing our physical and emotional needs. Listen, it's not the communion that does this. It's what it represents. When you're taking communion, you're saying, Lord, I take everything that you have given me at Calvary and I apply it by faith. And what you are doing when you take communion is you're remembering the covenant. It's kind of like your wedding ring. The wedding ring is a symbol of what has happened when you came together in marriage. Listen, there are, there are so many troubles that can take us and destroy our lives. There are seven deadly emotions that can absolutely destroy us. Resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, fear, guilt, and insecurity. If these things go unchecked in your life, they can lead to actual death. So Jesus Christ came to remove that burden off of your life through what he's accomplished at Calvary. And then communion is symbolic for our substance in him. You remember in John 6, 53 through 57, a lot of people got freaked out when Jesus quoted this, when he said this, because they thought he was teaching cannibalism. But he says, and Jesus said to them, I assuredly, I assuredly, most solemnly, I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. Now in the Amplified, it says, unless you appropriate his life and saving merit by his blood. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood possesses now eternal life. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. For my flesh is the true and genuine food and my blood is the true and genuine drink. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me. 
in like manner dwell continually in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I live by, through because of the Father. Even so, whoever continues to feed on me, and this is what it says, whoever takes me for his food and is nourished by me shall in his turn live through me and because of me. Now what Jesus is saying here, he is your everything. He is your substance. He is your sustaining sustenance. That means that everything that you need is in Christ. There is nothing outside of Christ that you need. Nothing, absolutely nothing. See in heaven, blood cleanses. In heaven, blood washes. John 1.14 says, the word became flesh. When you read the word of God, you are literally ingesting the very life and breath of Jesus Christ. Matthew 4.4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then also in Ephesians, it talks about the washing of the water of the word. So when you partake in the word of God, the word of God is washing you, which is Jesus Christ. Point number four, communion symbolizes community. Communion, and it symbolizes unity. This is how we know in Luke twenty-two seventeen, it says, when he had taken the cup and had given thanks, he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves. Jesus used one cup. See, the world is divided by skin, by belief system, by, by social status. But when you take communion, you're, you may be rich and you may sit, be sitting next to a middle class or even poor. When you take of that cup, this is what Jesus was saying, you are in unity. You are in unity. There is no, there's no white black, Hispanic, Chinese, there's no male or female, no Jew, no Gentile, Russian, rich, poor, Baptist, Methodist. When you take of the cup and your faith is in Jesus, you're unifying with the church of Jesus Christ. That's what that means. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but ha have everlasting life. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you do not know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, that means if you have never put your faith and trust in what he did for you, let me see your hand, because we're about to take communion, and we want to get this right. I know we're on a Wednesday night, but I never like to take for granted that everyone in here is saved. Now I would ask the ushers to come forth and pass out the elements. So they're still passing it out. I'm, I'm going to quote a verse for, for us. It says, whoever drinks, this is in 1 Corinthians 11, 27, 31. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this re reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. So what is this verse saying? It's saying whenever you come and take communion, what you are saying 
is that your faith is in what Jesus accomplished for you. That's your righteousness. That's your daily life and living. That is your, that is your lifeline to the Lord and to, to, to God Almighty. So when you examine yourself, there's four things you can do. Look inward, meaning is there any hidden sin present? You take the time, you say, Lord, if there is anything in my life that is unpleasing to you, take the time right now to say, Lord, I ask you to wash me and cleanse me. If there is anything in me, the Bible says, search me and, and see if there be anything in me that is not pleasing. So I want you to do that. Just, just ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything in me that is unpleasing to you? Then I want you to repent. Say, Lord, I ask that you would forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. The number two, look outward. Is there strife between you and someone else? Make a decision that I'm going to make that thing right. Because if I expect God to, to grace me with forgiveness, I need to give that same forgiveness to others. So I want to ask you tonight, release that person to the Lord. Say, Lord, you see what has happened. You see what's been done. I release this to you, asking you to wash me and cleanse me. Lord, I give them to you, and I ask that you would deal with it as I forgive. And number three, look upward. Meditate on Jesus Christ, what he has accomplished, what he did for you. Is your faith in what Christ did for your righteousness. And then number four, look onward. Make every decision to say, Lord, I'm going to live for you every single day. Make that, make that declaration to the Lord. Lord, it is my desire to live a life pleasing to you every day of my life. Help me. That's how you do that. Now, take the bread and in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four 24, it says, When he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is done for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may eat the bread. Then he said, in verse 25, In the same way he took the cup, also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So when you're drinking it, you're remembering that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you, washes you. Your righteousness is the blood of Jesus. Now, this is not the blood of Jesus, is what it represents. So when you take it, you're saying, Lord, I see the covenant that was shed for me, and I take it in honor of the covenant. So take the, take the cup and drink. Also, this reminds us that he's coming back because he said, I will not drink of this again until I come again in my kingdom. So when you take the communion supper, you're declaring that I'm waiting on the Lord. And one day we're going to get to take this with the Lord. Praise God.